in page 157 in your book. <clears throat> We're starting a new chapter, chapter number eight. <clears throat> Yay, moving on. I'm moving on, yes. <clears throat> chapter number eight, the life of a disciple. And uh, so uh, Matthew chapter 16. When you when you get to both of those places, kind of look up so I kind of know we're ready to go. Yes, sir. Oh, you ready? Oh, okay. Okay, looks like we're there. Okay, uh, page 157. Let's go ahead and start reading. Uh, true discipleship is not so much. Uh, uh, excuse me. It <laughs> true discipleship is so much more than a course. Uh, it is a commitment to follow Christ unconditionally. And I would like to reiterate that, uh, you, you know, so often, you know, and that's one of the, that's one of the, um, I don't know the fear is the right word, but one of the things that can, can, can become an obstacle to some people is, oh, well, I took that class and I must be a disciple. Well, no, uh, no, the, the being a disciple is so much more. And we're going we're gonna to actually be talking about this uh, here in a few minutes. But Matthew chapter 16, uh, in verse 24, says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, uh, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, <clears throat> uh, I want to I stop and I want to talk about this verse for a minute because this verse well let, let's read the next paragraph and then and then we'll talk about it uh, during Christ's ministry on earth he had multitude of people who followed him and many people who believed on him but few people willing to follow him unconditionally now now let's talk about this verse in Matthew uh, chapter 16 verse 24 let's read it again then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, there's a couple phrases here that we need to understand that clarify what a disciple is. The first phrase that we need to talk about <clears throat> is let him deny himself. What you tell me, I know what that ver what that phrase means. You tell me what that phrase means. I'm sorry? Get rid of self. Okay, get rid of self. Okay? Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. It is a struggle. Candy? Okay. I, he must increase. I must decrease. Okay. Yes. Anybody else?
I was going to say something, but I'm, I, th- I think I'm going to wait a minute. <clears throat> What's the next phrase that we need to pay attention to? Take up his cross. Now, there's, 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 there's something very specific here that we oftentimes miss. He does not say, take up a cross. What does he say? His cross. So what, what, what is that a suggestion of? Okay, but it's not it's not it's not his as in Christ's cross. It it is referring to that we all have our own cross. And the cross that I have to bear is different than the cross you have to bear. That he will take up his cross. It's personal. There, there is a word in this phrase that <clears throat> oftentimes we misunderstand. I've talked about it before, so some of you may, may know this, but I think it's been a while. Um, <clears throat> what is a cross? It says, take up his cross. What, what is it? Okay. See, you you have to understand the audience that Matthew is writing to, or excuse me, that Jesus is talking to in the book of Matthew here. Who's the audience? Okay. Okay, that his disciples, there are probably other people there. But, but what was the world like? Who, who was the, for lack of better terms, what government ruled the world at that time? The Roman Empire. And Jesus very specifically says, he doesn't say, hey, <clears throat> pick up your task and follow me. He doesn't say that. He very specifically uses the word cross. And in our society today, we we don't totally, even though we understand some of it, I don't believe we totally grasp the impact of that word in that society at that time. But but crucifixion was a was a common form of death by the Roman government, so they knew they knew the impact. When he says take up your cross, they 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 were probably their jaws probably hit the ground. It was a horrible way to die. And he's telling me, hey. Take up your cross and follow me. What? Let let the impact of this statement sink in. Yeah. 
Let's go. Right, exactly. And so often we, we miss the impact. See, because in our society today, um, you know, it's nothing for people to wear uh, uh, like a necklace with a cross on it or earrings and, you know, different things. And, you know, we wear shirts that have crosses on them. And, and, and it is an identifier that, hey, I believe in Jesus Christ. At least it's supposed to be. But it, it is not a... It doesn't have anywhere near the impact today as it would have back then. And Jesus is literally saying, hey, if you want to follow me, prepare to die. In a really bad way. And if you are willing to do that, follow me. Now, let me ask you. How many sane thinking people would do that? Not very many. But see, that's what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We need to die to ourselves and be willing to die for him. <clears throat> okay, let's read the next verse. For whosoever will save his life, shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What, what was he? What, I mean, he was, not, he was not playing around with his disciples. He was, he was laying it out, saying, look, if you are going to be a disciple, it is going to cost you probably your life. Let's go back to the book here. <clears throat> Luke chapter 14, <clears throat> verse 25 and following. It says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come uh, to me and hate his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross, again the word cross, but whosoever doth not bear his cross, come after me, cannot be my disciple. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Let's continue reading here and then we'll talk some more. In this lesson, we will look at what <clears throat> the life of a disciple looks like. Being a true disciple is a process of surrendering daily, battling sin in our lives, and living a lifestyle that is pleasing to God. What does it mean to fully follow Jesus? As someone once said, salvation is a miracle of a moment. Discipleship is a process of a lifetime. I like that quote. So what does 
the life of a disciple looked like. And then we're we're going to get into the into the lesson. But before we do that, I want to I want to take a little side trip here. I want to run a rabbit, if you would. <clears throat> and and as I as I, I I started putting my thoughts down on paper uh, uh, the other day, and and I thought, wow, this would make a great sermon. <laughs> So, uh, so this is a little sermonette, I guess, that we're going to talk about to this this evening, and and really the title of it is disciple or spectator. Disciple or spectator, and I want to challenge you tonight to think about whether you're a disciple or a spectator. <clears throat> Go over to Matthew chapter 17. <clears throat> Let's start reading in verse 11. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall uh, first come and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elias is come already, and they knew him not. But I have uh, done unto him uh, whatsoever they they list list listed likewise shall also the son of man suffer of them then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist and they excuse me and when they were come to to the multitude there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft time he fall, falleth into the fire and off uh, into water. And I brought him uh, to, the, to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, and Jesus answered and said, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the uh, child was cured from the very hour. Then came his disciples to Jesus apart and said, uh, Why can't, could we not cast him out? Now, I don't know why I read those passages. I must have I must have written down the, a different passage. Now I'm all messed up. I, I, I wrote down the wrong passage. Oh man. Now I'm now I'm now I'm totally messed up. I don't know what I, I I wrote down the wrong passage. Well, I don't do that very often, but I did. I'm sorry. There you go. There you go. Well, I used it this passage the other day, uh, last Wednesday, and I must have accidentally wrote it down again. Um, anyway, 
the the passage I was trying to get to, um, his uh, he's called master, and <clears throat> the uh, uh, man, now I'm just totally perplexed. Twenty-seven. Maybe that's. Maybe I just wrote down. Let's see. When Mary looked at him and called him master, no, 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 no. Anyway, I, 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 I totally, I totally. I'll have to try and find it and figure out what I did wrong. Turn over to the book of John. <clears throat> John chapter nine. Yeah, John chapter 9. Or, uh, yeah, John chapter 9. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I want to look at one thing real quick. Okay, I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to go back and figure that. I'm. I'm sorry, but. <clears throat> no, no. Yes. No. No, I'll find it. I'll find it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, no, no. Don't don't worry about it. Don't don't worry about it. We'll find it. Um, uh, John 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 chapter nine. Just, let, let's just pick up here. Uh, John chapter nine. Uh, the Pharisees prided themselves uh, in in being disciples of Moses. Okay. <clears throat> In John chapter 9 and verse 28, <clears throat> look, at, look at verse 28. Hopefully I, I got this one right. And they reviled him and said, Who art uh, his disciple? But we are Moses' disciples. Now let, let's talk about this for a minute. <clears throat> what was the, the problem with the Pharisees at the time Jesus was there. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, well, the problem with the Pharisees were is they were hung up on the law. Okay. They were stuck on the Mosaic law. They were disciples of Moses. Basically speaking. So they they had a hard time when Jesus because when Jesus came along now, now get this what Jesus was teaching was revolutionary to the thinking of the Pharisees love thy neighbor as thyself that was totally contrary to what they were used to hearing 
It was all about the law and the letter of the law. And they had, they had become so consumed with the law that they had forgotten what grace was all about. And they had become disciples of Moses. Uh, it, later in the New Testament, um, <clears throat> Paul encountered it. And, and uh, the, I, I should have looked it up. I didn't even think about it till just now. But there, there's a passage where the, the, the people are saying, well, hey, I am of Apollos. And I am of Paul. And then there was another one, I forget. Uh, Cephas or anyway, it doesn't matter. But what, what were they doing? They were they were choosing who they were going to follow. Back several years ago, I won't tell you who it was because it's not important. But somebody um, that <clears throat> is used to come to our church, but is now home with the Lord. Uh, I was sitting in their living room one day, and we were talking, and and and. Uh, um, they told me, they said, hey, look, we are Pauline Christians. Okay. Never heard of that, but okay. And, uh, you know, come to find out what had happened is they had, been, they had gotten into this Bible study uh, about the life of Paul and how, you know, Paul wrote a good bit of the New Testament and they were they had become so consumed with the life of Paul they were probably more consumed with the life of Paul than they were Jesus Christ and that's not a good place to be we need to follow Christ and a disciple follows their leader and, and by their own admission here in, in John chapter 9, the, the, the Pharisees were disciples of Moses. Not all of Jesus' followers were able to make such a commitment. <clears throat> uh, look at John chapter 6. Turn over to John chapter 6. Somebody want to read verse 66. By the way, that's 666. <laughs> okay. Think about this for a second. From that time, many of his disciples... Think about that. These were people who had committed to walking with Jesus Christ. He had told them, hey, if you're going to walk with me, it is going to require you putting, quite possibly you putting your life on the line. Take up your cross daily. And some of the disciples stopped following Turn over to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 
Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they uh, may go to the village and buy themselves uh, victuals. There are two groups of people identified in that passage. Anybody understand or recognize the two groups? Okay, the disciples and the multitudes. Not only is it a multitude, but it is a great multitude. Matthew chapter 19. Start reading in verse 1. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came to the coast of Judea uh, beyond Jordan. And a great multitude uh, followed him. And he healed them there. And the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, It is uh, a, uh, it is, uh, uh, is it, is it lawful for a man uh, to put away his wife for every cause? And he goes on and, and so on and so forth. But there's a third group here identified, and those are the, the religious crowd or the Pharisees. So, in, this, in these two passages, we have three categories of people that followed Jesus. Now, let me ask you this. At the beginning, I, I asked you the question, are you a disciple or a spectator? What was, what was the great multitude there for? They were there to see a spectacle. They wanted to see people healed. Oh, I know what passage, Chris, if you could look it up. It's the passage of the, the, the ten lepers. That's the passage I was looking for. So if you could find that for me, I'd appreciate it. Um, okay, so the, the great multitude was there for the show, Right? They, they, they were just that, but the disciples. Now, <clears throat> how many disciples did Jesus have? That's a trick question. That's a trick question. <laughs> okay. Yes. Exactly. No, there's the twelve apostles. Okay, but there, but there were, they were. Yeah. He. he yes. Okay, the, okay. <clears throat> question. Do you have to be a disciple to be an apostle? Yes. But you don't have to be an apostle to be a disciple. Okay, there's, so just because, okay, the apostles had to be disciples. Okay, 
but th those were the 12 chosen that, that, that Jesus had. So <clears throat> the multitude was there for the, for the biggest part. So I'm sure some of them were there to learn to, okay, we've heard of this guy, Jesus, what is all this about, so on and so forth, and blah, blah, blah. But they were there for the most part to see the spectacle. Did you find it? Luke 17. Wasn't that where we were? Oh, okay. Okay, Luke 17. Okay, that's what I did wrong. Yeah, I just had the book wrong. I knew. I anyway. Okay. Um, uh, let's uh, uh, Matthew, uh, Luke. Excuse me. Luke chapter seventeen, verse eleven. It says, "And it came to pass, uh, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. <clears throat> and he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said." Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw, and when he saw them, he said, "Go, show thyself unto the priest." Now, well, let, let me go ahead and finish verse fourteen. And it came to pass uh, that they uh, went and were cleansed. Now, what is going on here? It's important we get this picture that, that so we understand what's going on. There are ten lepers. What were the were lepers then allowed to be around anybody that was not a leper? No, it was forbidden. So they were standing afar off. These ten guys, and what did they call him? They called him Master. <clears throat> the word the word Master it, it means a person of high stature or st status, okay? So they, they were hollering at him saying, Master, were they calling him Lord? No, they were not. They called him Master. Let's continue reading in verse 15. Oh, oh let, let, back to verse 14. When were they cleansed? As they went. So my question is this, had he said this and they stood there and did nothing, would they have been cleansed? No. They were cleansed after they obediently went. It's important because we'll get somewhere with this. <clears throat> Verse 15, and, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice did what? Glorified God. Because of the miracle that had happened in his life. Verse 16, And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he said, or excuse me, and he was a what? A Samaritan. 
He was hated. He was a dog. He was, he was less than a dog to the Jews. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? And that, there's a whole sermon just in this passage alone. <clears throat> but where were they? They were unthankful. Have you ever done something for someone and they just, eh, thanks. See, the nine were there for the spectacle. And they called him master. They did not call him Lord. They called him master. And when Jesus said, when you go, you'll be healed. They went, they were healed. They went on their way, probably very happy. But they were missing something. Let's continue reading. There are not found. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, and, and uh, uh, but Jesus in verse 17, Jesus says, "But where are the nine? In verse 18, there are not found. Uh, they are. They, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Verse 19. And please get verse 19. And he said unto the, unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith had made thee whole. What did Jesus say in verse 19? Basically, he says he may have been healed, but he faith that Okay, so, so his, his, okay, so, I guess when he says thy faith has made thee whole, what is that, the, the word whole, what is that referring to? Is that his, his physical body, his soul? See, he had already been healed. I'm his, sorry if I missed. He was healed before he even got to the temple or what he was supposed to do. Oh, absolutely. He, he, was, he, he was healed the moment he turned and walked. That's why he stopped and turned around and started praising God. Because he, he was healed. But it was his faith that made him whole. And see, we are not whole until after we find Jesus Christ. The Greek word or, or term for disciple in the New Testament <clears throat> is the Greek word uh, Matthias. I, I, I don't know, but I think it may be where the, the Methodist church gets its, its name. I, I could be wrong, but I think it is. <clears throat> but it means student or learner. A disciple is a follower someone who has uh, adhered completely to the teachings of the person that they are following. 
And so often, I, I, I see Christians today, many Christians today, are like the ten. They meet Jesus, and they, oh, hey, thanks, and we're out of here. But there's that one out of ten that says, you know what? I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. Now, that's not the application here, or, or the, 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 but I, I believe we can make application there. I read, a de- I read a definition of what a disciple is, and I wanted to share this with you. <clears throat> a disciple has counted the cost and has totally committed his life to following Jesus. He accepts the call to sacrifice and follows wherever the Lord leads. The Christian disciple completely adheres to the teachings of Jesus Christ, makes Christ his number one priority, and life accordingly, excuse me, and lives accordingly. He is actively involved in making other Christian disciples. And the reason I like this is because the last part of this definition is absolutely key to being a disciple. Matthew chapter 28. Turn over to Matthew chapter 28. Jesus' last command on earth should be our highest priority. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Jesus' last command on earth. Paul describes the reality of being a Christian disciple in Galatians chapter 2. Turn over to Galatians chapter 2. Verse 19. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not yet I, uh, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the, fl- and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Those are powerful words that Paul uses in verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Again, who is Paul's audience? 
the first generation believers, particularly in the city of Galatia. They understood what crucifixion is. They understood the pain and the suffering. When Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, they understood the ramifications of that statement. And we read those verses today and we think, oh, well, that's, that's good. Yeah, okay, I get it. No, we don't always get it. If I am going to be a disciple, I need to pick up my cross and follow him. I need to be willing to die for Christ. And that is exactly what, what Paul is saying here in Galatians to the, to the Galatian believers. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, hey, Christ died for me. I can live for him. That's what a disciple is. Again, it's not, a, it's not a course. It's not finishing this book and saying, hey, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with your heart and your commitment to him. <clears throat> Let's go back to the book here. Uh, lesson, lesson number eight, a disciple is fully surrendered to God. Well, let's see, we're... We only got like one minute left. So let, before we get into that, we'll go ahead and stop. And, uh, uh, and then we'll, we'll pick it up next week. So uh, let's go ahead and pray and uh, ask God to bless. Dear Lord, we are truly thankful, uh, grateful for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. We truly are blessed. We are so blessed. And Lord, we just ask that you would guide and direct in our lives, that you would help us to be more like you in everything that we say and do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.